hello and welcome to our fourth and final week of our series, Family Feud. We have had such a good time every Sunday playing Family Feud together. If you haven't been there in person with us, we have had so much fun just yelling out answers. There is something about people yelling out their opinions about marriage and dating, single life, and all of the things in between that Family Feud brings. So get online today, turn on the television, watch some Family Feud. It'll cheer you up and make you laugh. It's been so much fun. We've called it Family Feud because we've all had those. We've all had feuds in our relationships because relationships are difficult. All month long, we've been asking this question out of Amos chapter 3, verse 3 that says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's an incredible question to ask ourselves because we have to understand that if we're going in one direction together, we have to be on the same page. We have to be walking in unity. From where we are today, to in order to get to where we want to be, we've got to walk together. We've got to learn to navigate the difficulties in relationship. And so in week one of this series, we just talked about some of the feud factors, some of the foundational issues or reasons that we have difficulties in our relationships. We just believe that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, like the Bible says. And relationships are one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. And that's why we believe that naturally, they're just the toughest because the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and he starts in our relationships. And then in week two, we talk to single people. And single people have it rough because people are always asking you, when are you going to get married? And then if you get married, people want to know when you're going to have kids. And then you could just have a child, and they already want to know when you're going to give them grandkids. I mean, you can't please people. So we have all this pressure on single people that they have to get married. They have to find that soulmate. They have to fall in love. And we just talked about navigating those single life relationships. And then in week three, last week, we talked specifically about marriage. And then today, I want to kind of shift the focus from across the board in relationships. I mean, this will cover single people. This will talk to married people. This will talk to parents. But ultimately, as we navigate this in the context of relationships, I also want to mirror this to the context of our relationship with God. Because of all the relationships that we have, everything, the health and the success, depends on the success and health that we have of our relationship with God. And so today, I titled your message, How to Play the Game. And I want to give you four rules of relationship. And I want to touch back on the scripture that we talked about last week in Genesis chapter 2 with Adam and Eve at the creation. And there are actually four rules of relationship that God brings through Adam and Eve at the very creation of relationship, the very creation of marriage, God's relationship with Adam and Eve, bringing them together in a marriage union is a reflection of our relationship with Him. And so today we're going to talk about four rules of marriage, four rules of relationship, four rules of guidance that I think will apply to our relationships across the board. So if you're single today, if you're married, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, maybe you are divorced, maybe you're navigating difficulty in your relationship, all of this is going to point back to a reflection of our relationship with God, and I think it's going to enhance or encourage you to carry out healthier relationships as we navigate Family Feud today and look at the rules for 
relationships. I want us to pray, and then we're going to dive into these four rules for relationships. So, Father, I love you. Thank you for my friends watching online. I pray for every person today, God, that you would speak to us through our message. I thank you for every person that's listening by podcast. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, I pray right now, God, that you would just encourage us over the next few moments. In Jesus' name, Amen. So I want you to take a look at a scripture with me. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it uncovers the four rules of relationship. Verse 24 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. These are really important factors of the creation of Adam and Eve, the very definition of relationship and how we should carry these out, how we should navigate these so that we're healthy, so that when you make a decision on uh, saying yes or saying no or decisions for your future, decisions about tomorrow, how you're going to navigate all your relationships today, if you know the rules of the game and how to play the game, it makes it all better. So number one, write this rule down. You need to know the rule of priority. The rule of priority. Notice in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, A man shall leave his father and mother. Now, when it says a man will leave his father and mother, we need to understand it's not an abandonment. We see it as just a cultural thing we do. It's just a part of growing up. It's just a part of maturing. It's just a part of leaving the nest and finding your own way. But it's actually God's design. He designed it so that man would leave his father and mother and be united as one to his wife. It's not abandonment to the parents. It's actually a shift in priority. You see, the priority has changed. It has gone from your parents being maybe the most important priorities in your life relationally to it has shifted now that you have a mate, that you have a someone, a partner that has now joined your life and made you one. Priorities are important because priorities guide us. Priorities determine the decisions that we make and the priorities of your life have to be ordered in such a way so that your relationships are healthy, so that everything else around you, the other people, the other friends, the other opinions, the other thoughts, every bit of that changes when we get into relationship. When we enter into a relationship with God, our priorities have to change. When you are single, you have a set of priorities. And then when you're married, you have a different set of priorities. When you have children, you have a different set of priorities. Everything changes in life when you shift your focus. A man would leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. One of the favorite stories that I love that I've heard as a woman on a cruise ship and if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know it can be really windy when you're standing out on the deck. And this particular woman was standing out at the very front of the boat, and she is holding on to a hat because the wind is blowing like crazy. And as she's blowing onto this hat, her dress is blowing up, and she's exposing herself. But she's not affected by it. She's not changing her dress. She's just holding that hat. And there's a young man who's watching what's happening, and he feels sorry for this older lady. He goes, I don't know if I should tell her. I don't want to embarrass her, but I think she needs to know. And so he walks to this lady and he says, ma'am, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I just wanted you to know that the wind is blowing up your dress and, and it is exposing yourself. 
And she looked at that young man with her hands clamped to that hat, pulling it down to her head, and she said, Young man, whatever you see below this dress has been with me for 85 years, but I just bought this hat yesterday. In other words, I'm not going to lose this hat. The priority right now is to hold on to this hat so it doesn't blow away. Everything else, let it do what it's going to do. Let it, let it be what it is because I'm not going to lose this hat. Many of us need to shift some priorities in our life so that we don't lose the hat. That when the storm blows and the winds come and everything is out of order, that the number one thing remains the number one thing. And it is so easy for us relationally to let things get out of order. You know, experts tell us that a newlywed couple are actually at the happiest of their relationship that they will ever be. Statistically, when they're married at the beginning, it's the happiest they will become. Because when they have children, everything begins to shift. It actually says that their level of happiness in the marriage begins to decrease at the birth of children. Because, in, in, and I don't know what this is about our roles and what we do and where we play our focus or what this says about us, but this is what the experts say, that a man will actually turn most of his attention into his work. He will begin to prepare to provide for his family. There's, there's this nature that kicks in that says, I'm going to push myself into my work. Most ladies would then push their time, their attention, and their efforts, their priority into their children. And so it causes a divide in the relationship of the marriage. And then they say it, it decreases again that marital happiness when the kids become teenagers because they're a lot more active. They need to be driven here. They need to be driven there. They're involved in sports. They're in draw, involved in extracurricular activities. They have friends that they want to do things with. And so everybody's busy. You, you double the workload as the kids get older. And then eventually they leave the nest and maybe, you know, when they're, you know, they're 18, 22 or 36 today, ever how that goes in our culture. But when they leave the nest, then a little happiness returns. But the experts would tell us that it's never at the level that it was when they were newlyweds. It's because the priorities begin to shift in our life. And we have to learn how to hold on to that hat. And I want to give you just a few proper priorities because we struggle this in culture, don't we? I mean, we really do. We struggle with keeping everything in order. We're a fast-paced society. We have to have three or four things going at one time. We have to be worried about, you know, the job and the career and the house and the cars and all the different stuff that we've got happening in our life. And then you got the kids coming on and then you got debt and you got the bills, all these things. How do we prioritize life? Well, I want to give you just a few that I believe are biblical. Number one, God's got to be first. Today, I want you to ask yourself, is God number one in my life? Is He the top priority? Where you spend your time, where you put your treasure, and where you use your talent will tell you if God is number one. If those three things do not point back to God as the priority in your life, all of your relationships will not be healthy. The rule of priority a man would leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. We discovered last week that the marriage relationship is a direct reflection of our relationship with God, of who God is inside of us. 
So as a believer, as an individual, if God's not first, we need to begin there. As a single person, you need to chase after God more than you chase after any other relationship in your life. The Bible teaches us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, then He would add everything else to us. Many of us are seeking after, chasing after, and running after everything but God, and everything is out of order. There's no priority in the proper place. Married people, God has to be the center of our relationship, the center of our marriage as we're parenting our kids. We won't lead them correctly if we're not following after God so that our kids follow after us. God must be your top priority and then your spouse. Many households, especially with kids, our kids become number one and it should not be. It is the spouse. The spouse should always be number one. Single people, many of you are, you're saying, well, I don't have a spouse. So, you know, where does my priority rely? Well, we teach that if you will put more time in being the right person as opposed to trying to find the right person, then God can bring you that spouse. So in the placement of putting your attention into somebody else and that area of your life, you put that attention into yourself to refine yourself and to be everything that God created you to be. So when the time comes, you are ready for that spouse. But as you are married, that spouse must become number one just under the Lord. I tell my wife all the time, because we do ministry together, and we, we live a ministry life, and it's not always easy. And I've always told my wife, you're always number one. The ministry is not above you. What we do, our church that we pastor, is not above you. You are number one in my life. Our relationship is what matters the most. Paul said, what good is it to win the whole world yet lose your soul? And I don't want everything else around me to be healthy, but lose the thing that God has entrusted me with the most and that's my spouse, my God, my spouse. And then if you have kids, your kids are next. Your kids have to be number three in your house. But your kids are important. You're leading them. You're guiding them. You're nurturing them. You're helping them mature. Put your kids in the proper order. And then I'm just going to say, it's probably not popular to say, many people may not believe this, but then church. Church should be next. Why? Because it's the only thing that we invest in in our life that it is eternal. Jesus gave his life for the church. The church is the bride of Christ. It is everything that Jesus teaches us that he would build was the church. We talked about that a few weeks ago. You can go back and check that out in our previous messages. The importance of the church. The title was, We Are the Church. Now listen to this. You have to understand that that is where you build eternity. And if church is somewhere on the list, will we go, will we participate, will we serve, will we be on a team, is it important? If it's not, it's, it's out of your proper place. Because after church becomes everything else. It becomes your career, it becomes your hobbies, it becomes those extra relationships and those extra people in your life, those other things that you like to do. Why does that matter? Because when everything is in order, God is first. Your relationship, your marriage that reflects Him or yourself will be healthy. You'll raise godly kids. You'll invest in eternity through the local church. And then God will bless the rest because we seek first God and His kingdom and then He adds everything else on to us. So how do you know if your priorities are in the right place? Well, there are a few proven priorities. I'll give them to you. The first is sacrifice. What will you give up? If you're putting your proper uh, priorities in the proper place, you ask yourself, well, what will I give up to prioritize? 
When you prioritize things, it means you give something up. What will you give up for the Lord? What do you need to give up for your spouse? What do you need to give up for your kids? Do you need to lay down some golf clubs? Do you need to lay down the, the, the football team? Do you need to lay down the, the, the traveling on every weekend, sitting on the lake on Sundays? What do you need to lay down in order for God to be first, your spouse to be in the proper order, to make yourself healthy, lay down to raise godly kids, lay down, prioritize, sacrifice, so that you can build eternity through the local church. What will you sacrifice? Your time. If money is the commodity of business, time is the commodity of relationships. Your time. Listen, proven priorities happens through your time. Put your time in the proper place. Where do you spend it? That's what makes your relationship successful. Your energy and your attitude. The energy level that you carry about what you're passionate about and the attitude in which you walk in. All of these things will help you put your priorities in the proper place. The husband, the man, would leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. And then number two, write this rule down. It's the rule of pursuit. The rule of pursuit. Because the next thing that God says would happen is that he would hold fast to his wife. See, the, the, the man would leave his father and mother and he would hold fast. He would cling to, he would cleave to, he would join to and not be separated to his wife. You see, marriage is not a destination. Marriage is a daily pursuit. Your marriage is not a destination. It is a daily pursuit. Our culture teaches us about happily ever after. Disney uh, writes every fairy tale about happily ever after. There's always this, this conflict in the relationship and, uh, you know, the beauty and the beast. It's Cinderella finding her prince charming. It's, it's, the, it's the beauty kissing the frog and then he becomes a prince. And then after that happens, it's, it's happily ever after. But that's not reality. That's not what life looks like. It is a continual pursuit. And because we believe this happily ever after, many of us have pressed pause on our pursuit. Don't press pause on your pursuit. Don't press pause on your pursuit of God. Many of us are living in a cold, stagnant relationship with God because we, we, we press pause. We, we said that prayer. We said yes to Jesus. We raised our hand. We marked it on a connect card. And now we think all is well. All is done. I'm good. No, don't press pause on your pursuit. Don't press pause, single people, on pursuing yourself to be everything God created you to do. Married people, don't press pause on your pursuit of your marriage, on your pursuit of your spouse, on your pursuit of your kids. Don't press pause because happily ever after is not by chance. It's by choice and it takes works. Happily ever after is not by chance. It's by choice and it takes work. The law of familiarity says this, is the more comfortable or familiar you become with something, the less you will honor it the more you would take it for granted. Many of us, we fall into that law of familiarity and we get familiar with our relationship with God. We get familiar with ourselves, and we think we got it all together in our relationships and our marriage and our kids and we get that law of familiarity and we stop honoring that which is closest to us. Jesus felt it in his hometown. The Bible says he couldn't even do any miracles because the people did not honor him. That was just Joseph's boy. That's Mary's kid. We watched him grow up. Who does he think he is? Don't dishonor the things that are closest to you. 
You put some honor back in there. You honor the Lord. You honor your spouse. You honor yourself. You honor your children. The law of familiarity. Listen, it's like in romance movies. You know, most romance movies, they take you through the journey and the conflict of getting together. And then when they get married, it just stops. They just end every movie at that point. But that's really the launching pad. Because that's when the work really starts. Don't live out this lie. Don't believe it that you just got to get through the conflict in the beginning and then everything is okay. It's, it's a continual pursuit. Don't press pause on your pursuit. Over 21 days of prayer and fasting, my wife, she bought us a book to do together. It's just a little book. It's a relationship book. Uh, by a pastor and his wife, and they just give these little bitty chapters, and then at the end of the chapters, there's some discussion that you talk about. And so she got us that book and said, hey, we're going to read a chapter every day together. It took about five minutes, literally, to read these little chapters, and there's about three discussion questions, and we would sit together at the end of every day, and then we would just discuss whatever these discussion questions were. And here's what we found in our relationship and in our marriage. As we were reading some of these little these little checkups, that's what I kind of thought they were, like a little health check on our marriage and our relationship, we found the areas that we were really strong. We found areas that we were really thankful that we were as healthy as we are. And, and we were reading this and we were amazed every day. We said, you know what, we're doing pretty good. Like we're, we're really in tune with each other. We really appreciate each other. Like we really love each other. It was this intentionality of pursuing our relationship and the health of our relationship. To press in, don't press pause, but to lean in to pursue her. The law or the rule of pursuit, that I would cling to my wife. We want to be healthy, so we invest in the health of our relationship. I'm still learning things about my wife. I have to shift and change. Many years ago when we got married, one of her love languages or the top love language at the time early in our marriage was just to spend time with her. If I could just sit with her or just be in the room with her, it made her the happiest. That was her love language. But I learned here just a few months ago, her love language has actually shifted over the 12 years of our marriage, she, she has spent so much time with me that now she wants me to do things for her. I learned that her love language has shifted to acts of service. She wants me to wash dishes and take out the trash and clean up my, my messes that I make. I mean, that makes her happy. Sometimes I'll change the trash and I'll take it out and I'll say, hey, just wanted you to know, took out the trash. I'm about to wash these dishes. I mean, I love you, just want you to know. Why? Because I'm pursuing her because I'm still chasing her. Even though she's my wife, I'm pursuing her. I'm going to date her. I'm going to spend time with her. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to honor her. I am going to show her that she is loved and valued because I will continue to pursue her because it's the rule of relationship. It's my priorities and it's my pursuit. Pursue God. Pursue your health. Pursue your relationships that God has given you, your wife, your kids. Be in pursuit. Never stop chasing the pursuit. And then number three, the rule of possession. This is really important, especially in our culture, especially in the time that we're living because we are stingy people. But God says that a man would leave his father and mother they would be united together. The, the husband would cling to his wife. He would cleave to her. He would bond to her. And then they shall become one flesh. See, they're no longer two. They're one. 
Everything you've got, you are bringing it together. When you get married, you're bringing all of your baggage. You're bringing all of your good. You're bringing all of your bad. You're bringing all of mistakes, all of the victories. You're bringing all of your debt. You're bringing all of your responsibilities. Some of you have blended homes and you're bringing in kids. You're bringing in houses. You're bringing in X's and O's. And you're marrying your in-laws. You're marrying her family and his family. There's a lot happening there. It's the law of possession that they shall become one flesh. But we have a lot of possessive problems. Our nature is, is just the opposite of, of unity. Our nature is the opposite of two becoming one and joining together. One of our possessive problems is dominance. Maybe you've heard this before. I can remember the old culture of, of, of hearing you know, great-grandparents and the way that marriage used to be is that I'm the man and what I say goes and, and what I say in this house happens. I am a dominant party. Today, many of, of us face dominance in our relationships and it's unhealthy. If one person is dominating, dominating every area of the relationship, it's not two people walking in unity. No, it's split. If one person makes all the decisions in the home, well, it's not really a home. It's one person dominating the place that should be a place of rest and safety. If one person dominates the finances, I know some people tend to be uh, a little bit better stewards than others, and some people are more frugal, and some people like to spend, and some people know how to save, and some people don't, but you can't dominate that entire process in the relationship, you can't dominate the time. You can't dominate the schedule. You can't dominate the decisions. You can't dominate the sex. You can't dominate in a relationship. Because the moment one person begins to dominate, it is two people acting independently because they are not on the same page. They're not making decisions together. So you got to watch out for the dominance in the relationship. And on the very opposite side of that is independence. Today, many people are saying, I, I don't need anybody. I'm good on my own. Women, it's a trend today that women say, it's my body, it's my decision, I'll do what I want. I don't need a man. I don't even need a man to have a baby. We've got this high level of independence and that's not what the Bible says. It says the two would become one. And when they become one, they no longer belong to themselves. Break this down. The Bible says that my body belongs to the Lord. I belong to Him. My body is a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so even as a believer in my relationship with God, my body belongs to Him in the way that I treat it and what I do with it. As a single person, the decisions you make, the life that you live, your body belongs to the Lord. You are one with God. Married people, as you join yourself together, look, you are no longer two. You're one. You're joining yourself together. You're unifying, and you can't live independently. You have to come together. Your kids are relying on you. You can't be selfish anymore. You've got to take care of that family. You've got to take care of those kids. It is the rule of possession. Listen, some of your uh, possession partners, this is what I say, is your decisions. You need to be on the same page. Your home, be on the same page in your home, in your bed, in your yourselves, and the decisions that you make for, for your life and the, and the direction, your future, your money, and your kids. Those are, those are possession partners. That's how you get on the same page. Some things that maybe you need to discuss today to say, hey, are we living this out the way God would have us to live it? that the two would become one. It's, it's, it's the rule of priority. 
It's the rule of, of, of following after God in saying, I'm going to put you first, that, that you're everything. You, you are exactly God who, who is number one. My wife is number one in my life, my kids. And you got the rule of, of pursuit. You got the rule of possession. And then number four, you got the rule of purity. And this one's important. Because the Bible goes on to say that the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. There's something to be said about purity. Purity matters. Holiness matters. A standard of living matters. We're to present ourselves blameless before God. None of us are perfect, but Jesus teaches us all through the New Testament that everything is about a heart issue. And in the New Testament, in the in, in later on in the churches, Paul's teaching. He says, "Look, he says that that grace is not a, is not a reason to sin. It's it's not a, it's not an excuse." to just do whatever we want to do and then say, oh, no, I'll just ask for forgiveness. No, we don't live a sloppy grace. We live a life of purity and holiness before the Lord. We present ourselves to Him the best we can. Single people, sex outside of marriage is never God's design. It wasn't. It's made for the institution of marriage. Live in purity. We have to guard our eyes. We have to guard our ears. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard ourselves to keep ourselves pure. The marriage bed must be kept Pure in your relationships. Lead your children in purity. Adam and Eve were naked and felt no shame because they were walking in purity. There's a road to unfaithfulness. And I'll tell you this process so that we're all aware of it. This affects our relationship with God, our relationship with, with your kids, with your family, with your spouse. Everything as a single person is you see it first. It comes, it comes in and it's a desire. You see it in your eyes. And then you feel it. It begins to get in your emotions. It gets in your brain. It sinks into your heart. And, and then you begin to think about it. Then you do it. And then you either regret it or you rationalize it. You see it. You feel it. You think it. You do it. And then you either regret it or you rationalize it. And many of us are living in that cycle. Every day it's a cycle in our life that we're just going through that pattern. But we have to understand the rule of purity in the place that God wants us to stand in. So here's how you stay faithful. Make a commitment to God's standard. First of all, you've got to give your heart to Jesus. Second of all, you've got to know God's Word and what His standard is. Learn what that is. Get in church. Get in a community. Get in a small group, people that can help you. Commit your ways to the Lord. And then magnify the consequences. I wear a wedding band on my finger, like many of you do who are married. And every day, as I touch this, it reminds me of my wife. It reminds me of the decision that I made, the covenant that I made. And I want to magnify the consequences if I do something crazy. I think about my son. And I think about if dad falls, if dad fails, I magnify those consequences of what that would be for my son to look at me through his eyes. I magnify the consequences of what I do to Christ every time I fail. I think about him on that cross and the decisions that he made for me, the, the sacrifice to lay down his life. I magnify those consequences. And then you maintain the marriage or you maintain the purity. You maintain the relationship. You maintain that standard. You do everything you know to do to maintain the commitment that you made to God, the commitment that you made to yourself, the commitment that you made to your marriage, the commitment that you made to your kids. You maintain that commitment. And then number four, the last thing is you just manage your mind. Manage your mind. When it gets in here and it comes from the eyes and it gets in the mind, then it sinks into the feelings and the heart and it just becomes something that you just begin to live out. 
And I want to protect you from that today. At the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God gave us four rules for relationship. It's the rule of priority, the rule of pursuit, the rule of possession, and the rule of purity. And all four of these, if followed, if we lean into these and live these, it's like a, it's like a barrier. It's, it's like a guardrail for our relationships in our life. And I'm challenging you today to embrace these no matter where you are in your relationship, your, your relationship with God, your relationship in dating, your relationship in marriage, your relationship in kids. All four of these rules are the very foundation of living out successful and healthy relationships. So today, I hope this has been an encouragement to you that somewhere in these four rules of relationship, you'll see an area that maybe you need to grow. And so I want to pray for you today. And where you are, if you can, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're driving, listening to a podcast, keep your eyes open, but I want you to focus in. And I want to pray for you. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to pray for you that you could do that today. I want to pray that you could give your heart and your life 100% the Lord. And then I want to pray over our relationships, no matter what that is, our spiritual relationship with God, your dating, your marriage, your children, wherever you are, that God would help us to grow in our relationships. So Father, I pray for all of my friends watching, anybody today that does not have a relationship with you, I would pray that today they would be able to say yes to you. Right now, we ask you to forgive us of our sin. We know we've missed it. We know we've failed. We've fallen short. And Jesus, we need you. So today, we choose to put you first in our relationship. And I pray over every person today. I pray over our spiritual relationship, God, with you, that it would grow. I pray for single people, God, that they'd walk in purity, trust you in the season of their life. I pray for married people, God, that you would just help them, God, to maintain the course. Help us to lead our kids in every area as we just embrace these rules for relationship that you gave us from the very foundation of relationship. God, help us to be healthy people in healthy relationships. And we give you all the credit for it. I pray over every person today that's walking in difficulty. God, heal their hearts, heal their minds, heal their emotions. And I pray that you heal their relationships in every capacity. In Jesus' name, amen.